Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Good Grow Great podcast. I'm Talia Toha, and this is Great Lengths. This is the segment where we sit down with one particular person and we unpack some of the ways that they've uh, achieved their success, uh, even as a small giant, perhaps, right? And today, I'm so excited because we are graced today by Crystal Covington. Crystal is a publicist and marketing consultant who has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, and many, many more. She has also earned a spot on her local 40 under 40 list in Denver, Colorado in the US. So lots of lots of values from Crystal on how you can get organic visibility in certain media outlets, right? If you're just starting out, how do you get your name out there without paying ads, without all these giant budgets, right? What if you wanted to do it in just a meaningful way, but with big levers? I know that in my podcast, we do talk about this topic um, every now and then because it is important, right? You need to know how to be able to share your story so that other people who need you can find you. And, uh, and we're going to be diving immediately into several ways that you can get this for yourself as well, even if you're just starting out. Now, some top takeaways that you're going to take home today is the mindset that most people forget in getting organic visibility. And this is really, really important, you guys. The second thing that Crystal is going to be sharing with us is also the step-by-step of how exactly she got featured on Forbes magazine, right? And how you can do the same. And third, but certainly not the least, is how you can get major visibility in less than one hour a week, you guys, less than one hour a week. It means that if you are hanging out on Saturday, thinking of just hanging out and and you're just looking for something to do, uh, do some of the things that Crystal and I are sharing and you'd be surprised by how easy some of these um, can be for you. And if it isn't that easy, then it's just a matter of uncovering what are some of the things that really, really can work for you, which we're going to take you through and walk you through as well. So without further ado, before we get started, you guys, be sure to hit that follow, subscribe, at or collect button and grow solvers. Let's get started. Okay, Crystal, welcome to the podcast. I'm so thrilled and so excited to have you here because we're going to be talking so many good things, how you were featured on Forbes, Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, on and on and on, and how other people and the audience who's listening, how they can do the same. But before we do that, I actually wanted to start with your uh, story on when you were on stage with the uh, the one and only Billie Jean King at an event with 3,000 people. Can you talk about, because I know that when people are placed in these kind of high pressure situations, it gets really, and I'm, I'm totally like this. I'm an introvert. Like I start to lose my faculties. Like I start to trip all over my words. What are some things that, uh, that you can recall that you did perhaps that, that helped Uh, you know, maybe kind of navigate that or maybe you weren't nervous at all and you were just like, I got this. But can you speak a little bit more on that so that the audience listening can kind of uh, maybe adopt and adapt similar similar ways that they can navigate high pressure situations or just things that they're fearful of? 
So for me, I have had a lot of success with using a form of meditation. I'm, I don't know real meditation, so don't ask me what I'm using or anything like that. But I actually, so I, I did a TED talk too, that was terrifying. And then um, I've done a lot of speaking before that Billie Jean King moment. So I had practiced this finding serenity and she does the same thing. I thought it was really amazing when I was backstage and she, her, her, the person that works with her, her manager was there and said, Hey, can you give her a few minutes it by herself so that she can um, t- take a pause? And I said, Oh my gosh, I do that too. And I got all starstruck yeah. <laughs> because I was going to do the same thing. So I wouldn't find myself a corner to just take a quiet pause. And it's just a moment of, I will do things like tap my feet and move my body to get out of my head. Because if I'm stuck in my head, I cannot focus. And looking at that many people, granted, sometimes you can barely see people. When I did the TED Talk, I could barely see the people in the audience. So I was kind of looking out like, are there people there? Yeah. (laughs) But at this one, because it was such a big room and so many tables, I could see the thousands of people staring back at me. And, um, but I, I just took that piece within and and tried to focus, although it moves really, really fast. Yeah. So this is, I, I've heard this technique where you do certain things with your body. Like I know some people do kind of like wall pushups and it's not really too sweaty, but they're, they're moving things in a certain way so that, uh, like you mentioned, you get out of, um, you know, your head, which is so interesting. Now, how long did you, was that like a couple minutes, a few seconds, like, uh, or 10 minutes perhaps? Like what's, what's the routine there? I try to have a few minutes. Um, so I've done a lot of speaking in my time. So I am an introvert and very much also shy. I feel like introvert and shy are two different things. So I'm both. And so before doing anything, I try to have time to put some headphones on. And I have a playlist that has kind of banger music that just gets me. It's loud and obnoxious and fun. And some of it might be things that are kind of confidence boosting music. And so I have that that I will play for a while. And then before going out there, so usually you can see the people and you kind of have a few minutes to as somebody's introducing you and all of that. And I will kind of quietly be moving my hands and feet. And that came from I had a friend who is a body language trainer. And we did a little interview once for a show that I used to do on um, local TV here. And we, and one of the things that she told me is in your shoes, you can be moving your toes. People can't see your toes usually if you wear closed toed shoes. And so you can kind of wiggle your toes around all of those kinds of things just sends the messages away from your head and into other parts of your body and gives you a release for that energy. And so I do all of those things and, and it really helps to just get in a different state. I love this. This is actually, I think one of my favorite ways, I think some people do breath work, you know, a lot, which is, uh, which can also work. I know that for me, the, the physical movement help a a little bit more than, um, than just kind of the, the breath work. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe I kind of uh, psych myself out when I do that. Um, and I know that for me, it's kind of also thinking, um, trying to quiet my mind and, and saying things like, okay, 
reminding myself this is I'm, that I'm here to give, that I'm not here to to perform or do kind of any jazz hands, right? Um, for some reason, that tend to help with me when I when I say, okay, you know what, we're here to give, and it just kind of takes the pressure off because now it's all about other people, which um, I'm sensing from you as well, which is fantastic. So once you do all of those, now what was it like to be? I know the audience would like to know what was it like to be on stage with Billie Jean King, and did you happen to converse with her? Like, what was the what was your memory like from that from that moment? Oh, I was I was definitely starstruck, but she, she was able to talk with me a couple of times beforehand. And part of that was to make sure that we had some comfort with each other. And it kind of felt like she was an auntie or something. I told her, I said, you feel like an aunt to me now. Um, Can I call you family? (laughs) She was really sweet about that. But it gave me a different perception instead of thinking, oh my gosh, it's a star that's done all these amazing things and has changed the world in so many ways. Instead of thinking like that, I thought, okay, I'm sitting on the stage with my auntie and she did throw me some curveballs. So she told me, she says, I don't like scripts. (laughs) And so I said, oh no, I was really prepared that it could go any sort of way. And she threw me some curveballs and threw some things back at me that I wasn't prepared to answer back. (laughs) So that was and and people noticed. So people in the audience said, "You did well with that." <laughs> yeah, that's yeah that that would have tripped me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not used to having it thrown back at me. So I'm I'm there to ask the questions to her. I'm not the star, <laughs> but it was a very interesting experience and um, something that was that helped me to remember to always be on your toes and to to take a pause because I did have the instinct to want to just, when she threw a question back at me, I had the instinct to just kind of blurt something out and I got scared a little bit. So I had to take a pause and kind of think through my answer. And then I had no idea what I said. So I had to ask people, can you tell me what I said? Do you know what I said? Cause I don't remember. Cause in those moments, it just, it just, um, it's as if your my mind wasn't completely all there. <laughs> yeah, I think this is such a great point. I've heard this a lot actually from people who are experts and leaders in their space. You know, they get the sense that when people interact with them, that these um, other folks, and I mean, we can't blame anyone. We all kind of have this sense as well. I think everyone have the sense of, you know what, this is my only chance. And perhaps that's why we, you know, we all tend to blurt something out and just really take things unnaturally more expedient than it should be, right? Which is kind of interesting because naturally in, in a just a human conversation, that wouldn't necessarily be, be the case. A relationship is built over time, which is also actually necessary and important, which I love. I love this story. This is so amazing. Now I want to dive real quick in your work as a consultant, a marketing consultant and publicist, uh, you yourself had been featured in places like Forbes, Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, right? And you are um, in, in your local 40 under 40 list in Colorado, which I love as well. So can you share with the audience who's listening, maybe your top, um, I guess, maybe start with mindset. Let's start with the top mindset on getting the right visibility, right? I'm going to give you like a couple seconds to to kind of really, um, you know, share what your favorite is, because I think there's a lot of ways to do this, right? And 
so many different ways that you can get visible, not even just through socials, but in different magazines, right? Different blogs, electronic magazines, on and on. And before we set people out to do all of these things and, you know, spend hours upon hours doing this, which, you know, it can take um, quite the time investment. What would be your outlook uh, that you would like to recommend for people to um, to first approach getting the right visibility? Um, so to, one of the things that I would say as far as mindset is the fact that I see a lot of people come in and they say, I want to be featured on TechCrunch. I want to be featured in uh, Oprah Magazine. And I say, well, what would you like to be featured for? And they don't really know. So there's this perception that because we exist and because we know we're awesome, that we deserve to be featured, or we look at the people that have been featured and we think, well, they didn't, they're no different from me. Why should they be there and not me? That means that I should just ask Oprah and Oprah will feature me. And so I think the mindset needs to be a little bit of one of giving and humbly sharing and being an asset. And I think that a lot of people struggle to even um, to, to have that mindset. I have people that it's, it's, it's hard as, you know, the client relationship, sometimes it feels like they think maybe you don't believe in them. But what I'm trying to educate them on is that there are thousands of people just like you, not to say that you don't have value or you're not special, but there are lots of people that these folks that write these articles have access to. And so what really is it that you will be sharing with them and why would they want to support you? is the way that you need to really think about that. And then how can you support them first? So for example, the, the Forbes piece that I received, I never pitched myself. I actually uh, supported the person who was writing that article. She was looking for tips for herself for something. And I said, you know what? You seem really nice. I'd love to take some time on the phone and just help you. And then in the end, as I'm talking with her, she says, wow, you're very interesting. I'd love to feature you in my Forbes column. And then it ended up being a featured story there. And so that only came about by just simply giving and being a part of her life, but not just thinking, oh, I started something. I did something. I deserve something. And that, that mindset was very different than what a lot of people go after PR with. Yeah, this is so, so crucial um, for everyone who's listening. I think this is, I we theoretically and instinctively probably have a sense that this is really the approach that we should all take on, right, when getting visibility. But naturally, because of the nature of maybe what it's called, right, publicity like and self-promotion, all of these things, it almost forces us and propels us into this track that is a little bit um, not that self-serving is bad. We do need to take care of ourselves, our business, everything. But I think you are so right on point in that everybody who 
are in these outlets or have the position to maybe share your story in these outlets, they have a particular need. And Crystal, you've done it beautiful, clearly, in being able to support someone, you know, and just kind of taking the humanity back into the process. I think that is really crucial. Let's strip off the title, strip off, you know, the, the whole the name and everything for a minute. And remember that there's a human on the other side, which I absolutely love. Now, once they take on that mindset, Crystal, can you share, um, I want to say, Maybe your top three, uh, if technique, if someone is starting out, they've never done any kind of, they've never gotten featured on any blogs, right? Or any kind of uh, places where they can get visible without any sponsorship ads or all SEO anything. Um, and they're just, let's say that they're starting out, but they do have a specific skill set. Can you share maybe your top, um, uh, let's start with just your top one technique that you would like to suggest for people who maybe have never, uh, you know, written an article before, never really pitched any kind of media outlet, what would your recommendation be as to where they can, they can start, you know, just an easy place to start for them so that they can start to get that momentum. And then we'll move on to something perhaps a little bit more advanced, right? So let's start there. What would the, the, your top, your, maybe your favorite technique that you'd like to share? So the first step before they even do anything to outreach is actually just figuring out where you can contribute best. So looking at what's what you're seeing out there that fits within your niche. So if you're looking at the news or you're looking at what's going on in the world or talking to people and you see that there's so many things going in a certain direction, what can you contribute to that conversation of things that are going in a certain direction or what's missing from that conversation is the best question to ask is what, what do you see that's missing? What are people not saying? What are people not thinking about as we move into this? And that can be your contribution. Then you can start doing one of two things. One, you can start just sharing it on your own social media within your own network as much as possible and showcasing that you are a thought leader in this, being a a provider of that information to others And you will be surprised how many people have connections to podcasts or speaking engagements or writers. And they say, hey, I have a friend that would love to hear that. Um, The second thing that's really easy to do is actually finding Facebook groups within those niches. Um, There are Facebook groups for finding podcast guests. So there's podcasters that go to Facebook groups and say, hey, or even on um, what's it called? Oh, goodness. Reddit. Reddit also has um, find a guest platform. So people go there and they say, hey, I'm looking for guests that can talk about X. And you can respond sharing that special thing that you can talk about and they can let you know if they'd like to feature you. So there's a lot of great places for that. There's also specialized niche Facebook groups where um, there are news folks that go into these groups because that's their beat and they're hunting for people that have stories And so sometimes you'll share your story and someone will say, hey, can I write about that? 
Yeah, I love this because mostly I love all of the things that you said. I'm going to recap this real quick for anyone who's missing and taking notes. And Crystal is moving at lightning speed, which is phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, I wanted to share that she had mentioned that first uh, look for where you can contribute uh, and mostly on an expert topic level, right? Like what can you say that you can speak to and what's missing that you can then chime in on? Um, that's the first thing. And then definitely sharing it publicly on your own social newsletter in your own circles, right? Um, and um, I think the third one that she mentioned, which is phenomenal, is finding groups and forums where uh, those opportunities thrive. And I know that um, uh, I can speak to this for sure, that Reddit is definitely, Crystal's mentioned this, is a great place. To, there are sp- specific subs um, and rooms and uh, niches where people are looking for this. So I know that people want to go straight to like the top, Wall Street Journal. And I'm sure, Crystal, you can weigh in on this as well. Working up to it actually can be better because you need to kind of refine um, your messaging, what your, what your, I guess your topics are, where you actually thrive and where you can get your, um, your audience, right? So that's really important. Now, I want to move real quick uh, to uh, Crystal to actually uh, something a little bit more, uh, I guess, personal. I know that you <laughs> you said that you love roller skating as as a kid, right? And uh, you never learned how to use the stoppers, which I love because that's the same with me as well. I just kind of fall into <laughs> fall into the ground, and that stopped me. Um, and um, can you speak on perhaps uh, how some of your childhood experiences, or maybe things that you've learned along the way, maybe into adulthood? Uh, inform um, informs uh, some of the, the ways that you approach getting visibility. And I know that we've touched on, you know, the, the perspective of giving, right? How can we give uh, the perspective contribution? Um, any, any kind of experience when you were uh, growing up, perhaps, or maybe even recently, that helped you make a, and approach your work um, better, right? In, in kind of a more purposeful way. Anything that you can share with the audience, Crystal? So the interesting thing is um, years ago, I had a consultant work with me and we did this special program. I forget what it's called, but it's an exploration of who you are and how weaving all of the stories of your life together leads you into who you are today. And we had gone through this process and talked about all of these moments in my life. And in these moments, of my life, for example, even being bullied. So a time she even had me talking about a time when I was being bullied and what happened with that bully and my bully (laughs) was using me to stand out. And she said, so you helped her to be seen. And I thought, but I wasn't helping her. She used me. She said, but in the process, she was being seen because. (laughs) And in the end, I know. In the end, it was this interesting weaving of all of the stories that showcase that throughout my life, I was always helping others to be seen. And that was really fun and, and, and really out of the box. But I do see a lot of times back in, in those days that I spent a lot of time focusing on other people. I didn't really, I never wanted to have a presence for myself. I never wanted to stand out. I preferred to be in the background. I, um, I always had one friend 
Um, but I would always be there to help other people shine. And I learned through my childhood and through being a teenager, even some of the ways that people are able to stand out. And I really paid attention to how others, what makes other people feel good about themselves and would kind of play around with those things, not in any manipulative way, but in a way of, let me see what, what would happen, how she would feel if I said this to her, how would people feel if they were put in this position? And so it was kind of a natural inclination to put other people in a position to stand out and enjoying the way that it made them feel. And so that ended up being part of my career inadvertently. I, did, I thought I was going to be a therapist and I was burnt out from school. So I couldn't imagine going for a PhD. So I said, okay, well, there's got to be something else that I can do with this skill and this education. And it ended up being a marketing uh, tool for myself and um, a part of what I do in, in terms of when you're in marketing and you have to think about how to get other people to stand out, you have to think about what other people need to see or hear, what other people want to learn, and that's empathy. So empathy is at the core of all of it. And at the core of my life was a bit of empathetic um, perspective. This is this is so great because I I think this is something that's underrated uh, and o often overlooked, right? I think a lot of people say that in order to achieve success and all of these things, and we've been almost indirectly preached this all of our lives that you have to kind of one up another, like, a you know, top one another. And it's, I think what's interesting to me that, you know, it was actually the complete opposite. That was not the experience that I've seen at all. I think including getting visibility uh, is to your point, just kind of really listening to what, um, what the need is, right? Circling back to what your point um, earlier on, on uh, being able to support one another and uh, but also having that mindset of empathy, I think, is so, so crucial and asking the right questions, listening um, kind of just in between the lines, which I'm sure you've you did for um, for in a lot of cases, including when um, you got featured in all of these um, outlets, which is which is fabulous, because I think with the speed of how everything is going particularly with these journalists, right, these contributors and authors at these outlets, they have so much going on. And, um, and unless we have the initiative ourselves to, to allow that empathy to grow in that space, it's often, it's just going to it's just going to fly away and there's no room for the relationship to grow. Now, I do want to ask you because um, this is such um, an important topic and I want to share with the audience ways that you can be invaluable rather than just adding value, right? Um, and in my definition, there's so many, and it's not to say that you shouldn't be adding value, but I think it's important for me anyways to encourage um, all of our students and listeners to think of things from the perspective of really addressing what's, addressing what's important. And, um, you know, as we're recording this, you know, Crystal's dear, dear kiddo is napping. As I'm recording this, my dear kiddos are in the other room in my home studio. They're homeschooling. And so it's a balancing act. And I want to uh, ask, uh, actually, Crystal, what her favorite kind of work-life, I don't want to say balance anymore. I want to say work-life harmony. What is your favorite, kind of your preferred uh, uh, way to create that work-life 
harmony kind of and and share that with the audience who's listening because um, whether they're a parent or not there's always that tension right you feel like you can spend more time on yourself self-care on other people people who are important on your mission or whatever it is so what's your favorite crystal um, that kind of came to mind as far as uh, work-life harmony the most harmonious life I can have right now is really just focusing on my son for 30 minutes to an hour at a time, a couple times a day. And I know that sounds like nothing for some people that are listening, but when you have a lot going on, so I have two business brands, my business consulting, my women's organization that I run. um, And we now have an investment home that is being turned. And so I have all these that I have painters and blacksmiths and all these things happening. So there's too many things to do and house that's falling apart. <laughs> and so all these things at the same time as having a, a child who is just coming to an age where he's starting to really learn to talk and he's not even two yet. So he's very active. He just wants moments of time to just focus, to talk, to read together, um, to play games. And so that twice a day, just trying to at least give him a good 30 minutes where I don't check my phone. I don't have a meeting. I don't have anything going on. I'm not trying to cook and just being focused on him. And he loves those times. The most important thing that we do is our dance parties, because then I get some exercise. I love this. (laughs) And that changes everything. So his mood is even better. If I try to do 30 minutes in the morning with him to just focus on him, then he won't interrupt my meetings as much. If I adjust my day just that tiny little bit, then his nap might be better and I can have a really nice moment to myself that that really works. So it's a it's a super balancing act, especially because so we're a super pod. So we're very some people are a little more lax. They have their kids go to daycare, they have babysitters, things like that. And we agreed not to do that until the pandemic is over. Yeah. And <laughs> so it it just all depends on what's going on and trying to get my spouse who has a normal job to adjust for me whenever possible. But sometimes he can't like today, he, his uh, boss, the highest level up uh, decided to put something on his calendar and he can't refuse that person. So right. when things go up, then I have to try to be as adjust as much as possible. But that's the it's that's the unique part of being a parent today. And it reminded me, it's taught me so much and reminded me to be very good at being productive in the spurts that I have available. And it's also reminded me to be very focused on and being present with him when I can be with him because that makes a difference in how we interact for the rest of the day. This is so, uh, this really resonates, I know, for me and a few uh, listeners who are in the same position, because I think what is really poignant is probably your point on kind of giving, just allocating uh, an amount of time, however little and however much, you know, that you can go, okay, this is the time for X, right? Whether that X is your kids, your, your self, own self-care, your spouse, your partner, boyfriend, whatever, or just hanging out and watching a movie, whatever it is, just allocating that, putting that on the calendar, as Crystal had mentioned, 
really go the distance. I'm I'm a huge believer in getting those um, quality moments rather than quantity. And more importantly, I'm a huge believer in creating a type of life where we can take ownership of our work and life rather than our work and life uh, owning us. So I think this is so, so crucial, which is phenomenal. And focusing on that, uh, the spurts of productivity and being able to address, right? Finding a new normal, which we can all do, I'm sure, because we're all just these amazing, adaptable human beings, which is phenomenal. Now, Crystal have shared some amazing, amazing values, and we are coming to the conclusion of our conversation. So Crystal, why don't you share with the audience where they can learn a little bit more about you, your work, perhaps um, raise their hands if they want to work some more with you and, and learn a little bit more about some of the ways that you can help them and then we can wrap up the interview. Great. Yeah. People can find me on my website at crystalcovington.com. Crystal spelled with a K. Amazing. You guys go check Crystal out. She is amazing. I hope that you enjoy all of these amazing, amazing values that she's sharing, that I'm sharing, that we're all together sharing for you so that you can get started wherever you are. Until then, Growth Solvers, be sure to hit that follow and subscribe or add or collect button. I'll see you guys next time. 